0: Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Tea or Books. I'm Simon.
1: I'm Rachel.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you with us, Rachel? You're alert. I'm
1: excited because yeah. it's, you know, the big episode.
0: The big episode 50. And for this one, we are doing question and answer. We bravely asked people if they had questions for us and thankfully people did. Um, thank you everyone very much. Yes. Um haven't even been enough to use all of them, but I think I've used... I hope I've used at least one question by everyone who sent in questions. Um, uh, so we'll come on to those shortly. But before we do that, uh, Rachel, what are you up to? Um, how? What are you reading? How's life?
1: Well, you know, still at work, kind of like some people.
0: <laughs> I should say, actually, this is probably going to come out. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for it to come out on Boxing Day. So don't think, dear listener, that Rachel is working up to a Boxing Day. <laughs> it, no, I'm not. As of the 19th of December.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still at school. Um, but otherwise, fine, yeah. I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment called um, The Railway Journey. It's an academic book by a man called Wolfgang Schimmelbush. I don't know if I'm Great pronouncing name. that right.
0: Great name.
1: Um, but it's really interesting, all about how the railway changed time and space, because I'm, I'm currently writing my PhD proposal. Oh,
0: very exciting. It changed time yeah. and space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuums were...
1: In terms of how people perceive time and space.
0: <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah, ah, how exciting!
1: Mm-hmm. Um, great. And I'm not, but I have just read a load of young adult books um, for school purposes that I quite enjoyed, um, but nothing particularly worth recommending, I don't think. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading?
0: I am reading um, Coral Glynn by Peter Cameron, which. Oh. Yeah. Um, which Darlene gave to me when I was in Canada. Mm. Um, have you read that one?
1: I haven't, but I'm sure anything by, uh, given to you by Darlene would be good.
0: Quite right. So Darlene loves it, Thomas Huggersack loves it, and so far I'm also really enjoying it. It's, um, I think the author is Canadian, but it's set in England in the 1950s, and Coral Glynn is a sort of nurse, sort of companion, I guess. Gone to, well, I think she's a nurse. he has gone to look after a dying old lady. Um and I rather suspect will become embroiled in the life of the manor. Um, it's that sort of 1950s England that only exists in the, in the minds of people who live in North America, I think, but, (laughs) but, you know, I can get on board with that for a bit.
1: Oh, that sounds interesting. I never heard of it. So, yeah,
0: Uh, Uh. I think it was only published five years ago. So yes, but no, it's fun. Um, Yeah, we won't linger too long over this because I don't know how long these questions will take to answer. Let's rush into the questions. I should say, so this is to celebrate episode 50, which if we'd been very good and done episodes fortnightly, as we should be, we'd have celebrated back in June or something. But but it's worked out beautifully to be a Christmas episode as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And a question that I want to start with, which I forgot to put on the list that I've emailed to you, uh, was my friend Katie, who just wrote... Why are you both so badly read, <laughs> is her question. <laughs> <But> <laughs> basically, I think she's mocking the fact that we don't read anything published after 1950, essentially. <laughs> but there you go, Katie, I'm reading one published in 2012.
1: So, And I read quite a lot of modern books, I think. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I, I suppose we read a lot of things that perhaps the other person doesn't read. And that's why we can't
0: that's talk true.
1: about it. And I do read a lot of books that I don't blog about. I blog about maybe a tenth of the books I actually read. So the reality is I am reading a lot of modern stuff, and I read an awful lot of books just for work purposes, um, but they're mostly young adult and sort of teenager books um, that – people don't tend to really want to hear about which
0: English. katie probably would want to hear about because she tends to only read young adult books i'll you should I'll, I'll, I'll give you each other's email address later you can talk about it offline okay great <laughs> so there you go katie you've waited for your moment in the in the salon to your books and it's just you slagging us <laughs> off <So, laughs>
1: <laughs> um
0: so i've selected 36 questions of the questions that mm-hmm. were sent in which we will be asking alternately but we're both going to try and answer them where relevant um and I want to warn in advance, we'll be saying people's names and it will seem like everything has been inv- asked by Karen, but there are three different Karens, <laughs> all of whom asked the l- multiple questions. So if you get tired of the name Karen at the e- by the end, that's why. But thank you very much to all the Karens and indeed to everyone else who sent in yeah. questions. We are really pleased that you did. Um, and they're not even all women. We've got a few men ask questions as well.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, we've got quite a spread actually. We so. yeah,
0: have. And I've tried... I sort of put—I don't know what order I put them in, really. I don't know. Let's find out. Well,
1: let's let's just go. <laughs> let's just
0: start. Let's just r- jump in. Yeah. Uh, right. So Michelle asks, "How did you first get to know each other? How did you get started with the podcast?" Your- and I, then I I left in yours is my favorite podcast. Please Aww, keep going because it was Michelle. so nice, Michelle. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah why don't you start well, yes, you can start off with the questions I ask, and then I'll join in if that and vice versa you are, i sense. can't
1: I can't remember really. I mean, I know I read your blog before I started my blog, and that was a long time ago now, seven or eight oh, years Sarah.
0: ago
1: um, and I don't know how we actually met for the first time. I can't remember well, were you at the
0: bloggers meet up in the Lamb in Land Quindert Street?
1: Yes, that does ring a bell,
0: and I think that potentially is where we first met, so I decided. Um To organize a meetup and put something out on it, and then realized that I didn't really know where anywhere I was in London, and so Kim, who blogs at Reading Matters, um, helped me find the venue and organize it and there were probably about fifteen of us there, which is the first time I met lots of different bloggers, including you
1: yeah and then I don't know how um I mean I can't think how it deve- our friendship developed, but it just yeah. has organically over time.
0: It has, and when, when it yeah. was, and when it was starting with the podcast, I just thought who would be fun to do a podcast with? You know and they said. they didn't want to do it, so I asked you. <laughs>
1: oh, you're wicked!
0: <laughs> oh
1: dear, <laughs> old man jokes.
0: I know, isn't that a terrible
1: joke?
0: You can say, "I'm getting prepared to star in the village show at the end of the week."
1: <laughs> I hope it's going to be on DVD, Simon. I want to see. Well, it. Well,
0: we'll see. it all rests on whether or not my dad can do a David Attenborough impersonation. (laughs) So far, (laughs) early signs are good, so fingers crossed.
1: (laughs) Well, sounds amazing.
0: (laughs) Takeaway question two.
1: Right, Karen asks, one of our many Karens, you talk about books all the time. Yes, you do. But very rarely about tea. What kinds are your favourite? What else do you drink while reading? And which biscuits? That's a lot of information there. It is. They.
0: And I never really explain when we, well, neither of us really explain when we start the podcast what tea or books means. I'm hoping it's obvious. It's mm-hmm. meant to represent difficult decisions. Um, yeah. And I tend to just drink PG tips, I'll be honest. <sighs> um, I know, scandalous. Uh, in the evening, my last cup of tea of the day tends to be an Earl Grey or a Lady Grey. But apart from that, I'm pretty bog-standard. And I tend to only drink tea. Tea and water basically, and you know, wine. But apart from that, there's, mm. when I'm reading, it tends to be a cup of tea. How about you?
1: Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm really, I'm really into chamomile tea at the moment. That's what I'm drinking Ooh. right now, with a bit of honey in it. Um, when I have a normal cup of tea, I just have regular black tea, never PG tips, because PG tips isn't tea, so I mean, it's dust. <laughs> what? Dust in a cup. Um, <laughs> I only buy the best quality tea bags, of course. Which do you buy? So it sort of depends on um, what I feel like. So if I really fancy fancy tea, I get tea called Tea Pigs, which is amazing. I think you can only buy it in the UK. Um, It's like fancy whole leaf tea inside one of those linen bags. They're really expensive, though, so I only buy them if I'm feeling flush. And then um, normally I buy um, Clipper tea, which is fair trade organic canyon tea which is delicious um i also really like dodge eating sometimes or english breakfast from twinings i never buy cheap rubbish brands like pg6 <laughs> or tetley both of which are hideous
0: See, I... and what
1: upsets me the <laughs> most about going abroad to places like america is that they think both of those are tea and also they think lipton's is tea which let me tell you people is not tea
0: I'm glad you asked this, Karen, because I did not know these strong feelings. So I don't particularly like Yorkshire tea, and I don't particularly like Tetleys. But but for me, I love Yorkshire tea. Really? I don't know. It just tastes too harsh to me.
1: Right. When well, I'm coming to stay with you, I need to, remember to bring my own tea bags.
0: <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I do tend to buy Twinings if it's my Lady Grey, because PG Tips does not do variety, So you could. And
1: you know, this her. is quite interesting because Lady Grey and Earl Grey, to me, are like the most disgusting things oh, in the really? world. Oh, I can't bear fr- no, I can't bear floral tea.
0: Well, Lady Grey's got orange, and that's not floral. It
1: doesn't, it doesn't work for me at all. And the worst thing is when people make our Grey and put milk in it.
0: I mean, that's exactly what I do.
1: Oh!
0: And if, in fact, I read the guide from Whitards, and they said you can put milk in any sort of black tea without judgment. So there you go, Rachel. Well,
1: I don't care what <laughs> the official guide says. I say it's disgusting. But which which biscuits would be oh, choose? Oh yes,
0: that um. I would go for a dark chocolate digestive.
1: Ah, oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Are, we,
0: are we on the same page for that?
1: Yeah, no, I like dark chocolate, dark chocolate digestives. A step up from a dark chocolate digestive, dark chocolate hobnob.
0: Oh, those are very good. Yeah. Yeah. But always dark. Well, I mean, I'll eat milk if it's there, but would always prefer dark. Yes. Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> so we're at least we're at one on the.
0: We can share our jar of biscuits, even if we have different yeah. teas.
1: That's
0: good. No. <laughs> okay, Alicia asks, what podcasts on any subject do you enjoy or recommend?
1: Um, I don't actually listen to any other podcasts. Wow. Yeah, I've never really... I mean, before you mentioned the whole... I mean, obviously, I knew what a podcast was, but um, i would never ventured into the world of podcasting at all. Because, you know, like, my problem with listening to things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll take this one then. <laughs> Um, I do listen to a few book ones. I really like Reading the End and The Readers, um, and Backlisted. Backlisted do lots of um our sort of books, I guess. And they've yeah. done Sophie Townsend Warner and Barbara Cummins and, and the Mural Spark and all those sort of people that that one or both of us like. Um other than that, I really like Neighbours, the recap of the neighbours of neighbours, the Australian soap opera. I don't suspect that's going to get a lot of crossover listens. Um, and Desert Island Discs, that's always fun.
1: Oh, do you listen to that? Is that a podcast now then?
0: Well, I mean, it's, all, it's still on the radio, but they they make it available as a podcast afterwards. Oh, well, okay. It's yeah. a whole new world. I'm trying to think what else I listen to. I do listen to a couple Bible ones. I, I really like the cooler, which is about celebrity gossip, essentially. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're into, there'll be a podcast for it. But I think probably people listening to this will be most likely to like Backlisted of the ones I've mentioned. But if you yeah. love Neighbours, check out Neighbours. <laughs> well, um,
1: I'm not sure anyone still watches Neighbours. <laughs> How dare you? Um, it's flourishing.
0: But, yeah. Flourishing, I say. Mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched, stopped watching it, I don't know, back in the 90s?
0: <laughs> that was its heyday. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Poor old Simon. Okay, ready for the next one? Do it. So, we've got Laura asking now, what are the pros and cons of podcasting compared to book blogging? And have you considered any other mediums like BookTube? I have no idea what BookTube is. I'm sure you know. Well, it's,
0: they... it's just book bloggers talking on YouTube, I think. Oh, is
1: yeah. that right?
0: I think so. Oh, um,
1: so. is that like a whole separate site, or is it just people on YouTube and they call it cheap?
0: I think it's just people on YouTube. Okay.
1: Um,
0: and I have never considered doing that, mostly because I don't think the world needs to see more of my face. It's fun. My voice is bad enough. I, like I, do, I prefer to keep away from all of that. And I just don't, I don't know how you can stare into a camera and then editing it whilst it's your face on 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 camera horrible yeah no. <laughs> but i think the i think the main pro of podcasting compared to book blogging is that it's collaborative that it's just nice to sort of just sit down and have a chat with you rather than just sit yeah. Home.
1: yeah i really like that and i think um it's it's really nice to have the kind of discussions about things and sometimes i don't really know what i think about something until i start talking about it and then someone gives it, like you give me other ideas and Suggestions and then I'm like, Oh yeah, no, actually I didn't think about that before. Which which is really nice. And it's nice to also have the involvement from people who ask us questions or suggest things for us to talk about that we would never maybe have thought about talking about beforehand, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I think probably for, I mean, as as I probably make clear every episode, I'm not very good at preparing in advance. (laughs) Um, And I do sometimes feel a bit like I'm flying by the seat of my pants and I'm I'm just talking a load of nonsense. Whereas obviously when I write something, I, I do mostly think about it before I write.
0: True, that is a con. It's much harder to... Um, edit your thoughts in a podcast obviously i can cut bits out or something but i can't really reword anything that we've said
1: <laughs> no sometimes i think oh that was very clumsily worded but you know what can you do
0: i know i was one i can't remember what what it was i i did but i got the title of a book wrong and i was so embarrassed that i had to sort of cut in that me saying the correct title which sounded awful on the actual episode <laughs> like i can't have people thinking that i don't know the title of this book <laughs> Right. Karen asks, do your family read as avidly as you or are you an anomaly?
1: Well, I mean, I'm very much an anomaly in my family. I mean, my mum and my sister like to read, but certainly not as much as I do. I mean, I've always just read incessantly ever since I was, you know, my mum said I was asking to be taught to read from about two and I did learn to read about two and a half. So, oh, wow. okay. I mean, I just wanted to read everything. She's like, she just said I was so curious about everything and wanted to. And I think it's just something that's in me
0: whereas the others not so much yeah and i read this question to my dad just before i started and he said well you can tell them your dad reads a lot but it's not true (laughs) they do do. (laughs) everyone in my family reads a little like they're always got a book on the go um whether fiction or non-fiction but i'd say my brother probably reads maybe five or six books a year um my mum reads quite a lot but yeah certainly none of them to the same extent that that we do um but I wouldn't say it's one of those, it's not like Matilda, <laughs> where, um, you know, the family hate reading and think it's so bizarre that anyone could enjoy it, but I've just sort of taken it to an extreme, what, what was already there in the rest of the family, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a full-on Matilda. I mean, books were always available to me, but I've yeah, I've definitely taken it to the next level. And it's, I like that.
0: Yeah. Um, mentioning family reminds you I should have recommended my brother's podcast in the which podcast you recommend sorry (laughs) Colin the C to Z of movies which tells you that he prefers movies to books (laughs) there you go
1: which you know is a a wonderful form of culture yes yes (laughs) yes Um, okay so David asks which hero or heroine from literature would you most like to go on a canal barge holiday with I love the specificity of that type
0: Yeah, i like, I'm trying to think who I prefer to do that sort of holiday with to, like, a different sort of holiday. <laughs> um, I might go for Joe Gargery from Great Expectations.
1: Oh, that's very random, Simon. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so, because well, he's a very nice man. He also seems quite strong, so he'd probably be happy oh, to, to do all the, like, tasks around the boat. Um, and, you know, probably makes a nice cup of tea as well.
1: Probably does.
0: Although, you know... Maybe too classy for me, I don't know. <laughs> I've learned during this conversation that my tea-drinking habits are slovenly. <laughs> um, have you ever been on a canal barge holiday?
1: I haven't, but I should like to. I, every time I walk past there, because I live really close to the canal here in East London, um, and I always see baits on there and think, oh, it would be absolutely wonderful. But then I've seen what the locks are like, and I don't even know where to start with getting through <laughs> them. They look terrifying.
0: Well, I've been on two... No- both as a child, and both times we flooded the boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the village I grew up in had two locks in it, so often we just oh, yeah. go and w- walk down to the liver, river and um, help passers-by through the lock. So I'm a damn hand of the lock. Well, that's <laughs>
1: great. You'd be really useful to have on yeah,
0: holiday. Exactly. Yeah. So, and which hero are you going to pick?
1: Or heroine? Uh, heroin. I would go for Cassandra from um, I Capture the Castle. I think oh. she'd be brilliant. Oh, um, nice. She'd be a good laugh, and she's up for anything. She's quite practical. Yeah, she's quite practical. I think we'd probably both be a bit useless, but we'd have a really fun time laughing about it afterwards. <laughs>
0: that's a good choice. I like that. Um, what would be? Oh, sorry. Karen asks, "What would be your dream book job, e.g., writer, bookseller, editor, etc."
1: Wow, that's a good question. I um, see. I sometimes think I'd like to love to be a writer full time, and I think I'd probably get a bit lonely and go mm-hmm. a bit insane. Um so I think probably I would love to be um probably a, a, a an editor who could help people make their books better because I love teaching and I would love to sort of help people craft things and help them develop their ideas that would be fine. great. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um I did in fact apply for several jobs to be an editor and <laughs> didn't get did any you? of them yeah. <laughs> but, um at
1: They're lost Simon. Oh,
0: thank you. Um and so I, I worked at AUP in marketing for dictionaries, as, as you know, and as listeners may know, um, and I really enjoyed that, and I thought it would be good to be an editor. Um, but I did always think, and that was for, yeah, non-academic non-fiction. In, there's sort of a, a slant where being an, a fiction editor would be a brilliant job, but I also just think I love reading so much, and it's so important to me to pick what I'm reading that if I then went home having to read, like, the two, the pile of manuscripts I'd taken with me, then it might rather spoil it for me um so probably i would pick one that i have already done for a bit of a rare books librarian because that was wonderful when i was working in the rare books department and um and it's not the sort of thing you're expected to go home and read often because it's in latin but but it's a uh, yeah it was nice working with them all day
1: oh that sounds very yeah. interesting
0: yeah
1: Okay, I'm next. But uh, right, this is this is one for you because I mean I don't even know. Wim asks, "Where are the best places to eat as a vegetarian in Oxford?"
0: That is very specific to me. You're quite right, as a vegetarian who lives in Oxford, or at least Oxfordshire now. I guess I don't live in Oxford oh, yeah. anymore. But um, thanks for asking, Wim. I would recommend either the Gardener's Arms, which is a vegetarian pub, which has the Ooh. best veggie burger I've ever eaten. Oh um, goodness! And, and I've eaten it many, many times. <laughs> um, uh, there are two gardeners arms. be careful you go to the right one. Um, and <laughs> I'd also recommend The Nosebag, which is in central Oxford, which I think you should come to sometime, Rachel, you'd like it. Okay. Um, they do sort of hearty meals and salads, or they do tea and cake, and it's in a lovely old, let's say, Tudor building.
1: I think I might have been there, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think I just had cake.
0: They do do very nice cake. No. But I'm often there. It's also one of those places where you can eat on your own without feeling strange. So if I need to like eat quickly in town before I go to something else, I often go there. Oh,
1: that's nice to know.
0: And half their meals are vegetarian.
1: So
0: that's nice. Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Susan asks, could you each name your favourite literary decade and say why you've chosen it?
1: Well, oh, this is a tricky one. I was thinking about this and I the thing is I'm really rubbish at knowing when stuff I like is published. um so i'm probably going to end up saying entirely the wrong decade (laughs) but um i think for me it would probably be can i have two decades is that allowed
0: susan can she susan said yes yes.
1: okay great (laughs) i think i go for 30s and 40s because i think the fiction from that decade is really varied and interesting so you can have um the more kind of stuff that you like that sort of lolly willows what would we call that what's the genre
0: well, I called it the domestic fantastic, but also Lolly domestic- but was published in
1: 1926. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, books of that ilk that were published in the 1930s. Um, because there are examples from yes. the 30s, yes, um, as well as the kind of um, interesting pre-war stuff that you get from um, I can't think of any authors. Um, <laughs> and people like Dorothy Whipple writing in the 30s, you got some really interesting domestic novels, things talking about the Place of Women, etc, etc um, and then you've also got some really good novels as you go into the 1940s, the post-war novels um, and also books that are a bit more um that have got a bit more edge to them like Daphne du Maurier, Rebecca and um, so I just think there's a like really the nice variety <laughs> whatever <laughs> you know, I said I yeah. wouldn't be very good at the year but, <laughs> but no, that's a nice least. selection yes, what about um, you Simon?
0: Uh, 1920s. Basically, if anyone's going to ask me any question where the answer was a decade, it's almost certainly going to be the 1920s. I love it for fashion and literature and art and everything. Um, maybe not dentistry, but everything else. <laughs> so, um and mostly because that, that was when a lot of the Lolly Willows-esque sort of books that I re- looked at at medieval were in the 1920s. Also, 1929 is *Dive a Provincial Lady*, so that sneaks just in. Um, although it may have been published in 1930 actually but the actual diary bit starts in 1929 <laughs> um, we do love our diaries we do, and i'm sure it will come up again later in the question and yeah. answer um i just love the sort of whimsy of the 20s that also had this undercurrent of oh gosh is everything really secretly terrible so you get a few darker yeah. things going on as well um but also just flappers and great love it but i just, just just finished a really fun 1920s book, 1927, I think it was, um, Beverly Nichols' Crazy Pavements, which is really fun. Oh.
1: Another Beverly.
0: I know, it's been the year of Beverly for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I hope that answers the question. Um, so Izzy asks now, how many pages do you read in an hour? How many books a month on average?
0: Good question, Izzy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always... W- Go on the basis that I read about a page a minute, so 60 pages an hour. Um, obviously, pages are different s- sizes, <laughs> but that's generally my my guide. If I think, oh, I've got to finish this book for book group, I, I work it out based on that. Um, so which makes me think I could, should read a lot more books than I actually do, but um, on average a month, i probably read eight books. Maybe I read about 100 a year, so yeah, eight eight or nine books a month, probably.
1: That's a pretty good go. It's
0: not bad, but I'm going to guess you read more.
1: I don't know actually I mean I do read incredibly quickly so I probably would read a page in about 25 to 30 seconds oh, um, yeah. obviously depending on the type of book I'm reading if it's if it's a more dense book or it's like non-fiction or I need to kind of take in the information more yeah, fully then I'd take a bit longer um, I just naturally can read quickly which is an enormous help as an English teacher because it means yeah. I can mark very quickly um, how many books on average I probably read depends again Depends on what I'm reading. So if I've got a big book to read for university, like a big Victorian novel, it might take me two weeks to read it because I only really read when I'm on the train. Um sometimes in the evening if I'm if I'm really into what I'm reading. Um so probably I would say I average about a book a week, so probably four a month. I don't read as many as you. But yeah, so I actually. read a lot of bits of books as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't always read the whole thing, so
0: and you know I love a short book, so that gets more books than you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I like this question from Karen. Do you think middlebrow is a derogatory term?
1: No. Well, I, I don't see it as one, but I think some people use it as much. I think it's the idea that it's kind of for people who kind of pseudo-intellectual in a way sometimes, like people who think they're reading something better than, than chiclet, but really it's just kind of soapy type of literature but for me i think it's it's very good quality literature that's about real life so i don't see it as a negative but i i think it is used in certain circles as a derogatory term
0: yes i agree um in fact the first ten thousand words of my <laughs> doctoral thesis were basically <laughs> about this So i could could talk for a long time about yeah. it i'll try and restrain myself uh, certainly in its early uses um it was derogatory um and I think one of the first uses was in Punch, where someone wrote, um, there's a new type of literature called Middlebrow, where people, um, read the things that they think they ought to like. And that was sort of what people thought about for a while. But, um, yeah. but now it always surprises me if people use it as in a derogatory sense, because I've forgotten that to some people it still is, because I'm so immersed, and we're both so immersed in that world of reading and, and reading excellent books published, um, that would be described as Middlebrow or have been described as Middlebrow. But I don't know how many authors describe themselves as middle-brow. I suspect not that many. No, um, I don't
1: think it's really a term you'd want to apply to yourself, is it?
0: No, J.B. Priestley was very keen on using the term broad-brow instead, but that never really caught on.
1: Well, that's a bit of an odd one there.
0: No, nice try. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: Joseph? I want to say Joseph Priestley, but that could be wrong.
1: Oh. No, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: I should know, because I've just made a whole PowerPoint about him for school, but, you know, it yeah. didn't go in at all um okay so eduardo asks if you had to make a list of only <clears throat> five 19th century favorite books that you've read which would they be
0: Ooh, this is one of the things we should have prepared isn't it
1: i know i haven't prepared this one at all. <laughs>
0: i'll talk okay. slowly Well, yeah. oh 19th century i, yes. I was thinking victorian but no, 19th century 19th, does prejudice. give back so i can yeah. include pride and prejudice yes
1: you can
0: is, in fact i will probably pick five jane austen books but i won't <laughs> do that <laughs> um I would put Pride and Prejudice. I would put Our Mutual Friend by Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think I might put um, The Semi-Detached House oh. um, by Emily Eden that we recently read because I really loved it.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: Um, ooh, the, um, the Warden, Anthony Trollope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I need a fifth. I'm I'm, ben- I'm doing quite well. The fact that I've actually not read a huge number of nineteenth-century oh, books. You are doing
1: well.
0: <laughs> oh, the picture of Dorian Gray. Yes, Oscar Wilde. Oh, I hate that. S- bit. Oh, I love it, and it sneaks into the end of the nineteenth yes, century.
1: It does. You just about managed that. Okay, so well, where do I start? Um,
0: <laughs> and this is much more your area of expertise.
1: Yeah, um, I been I how to have an Austen in there. I'd probably pick um, Emma. Okay. Um, and then I would say Jane Eyre, um, and then I would also choose the, um, The Way We Live Now, Anthony Trollope, love that book, um, and trying to see if I can think of something that's a bit more off the beaten path, um, I really enjoy Sensation Fiction, oh, Lady Audley's Secret, love that book. Ah. Have I done four now?
0: That's four. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um. So five. Which fifth would I choose? Oh goodness, what a hard choice! I'm just trying to decide which one I would. Oh, I'm just thinking I've probably got about seven I could pick from. So which one would I like more than the others? Let's see. This is torture. <laughs> um.
0: And podcast gold, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: silence I'm leaving it all in Um, (laughs) feel the tension um,
1: I think I would probably go for um would I am I going to pick this one Cranford Elizabeth Caskell.
0: oh yes oh that's a good one Mm. I think if I was going to ask to think about my five for a long time I might have come up with a slightly different five but I think it's good to get the first five we think of that we yeah because that's that's what your
1: heart is telling you
0: spontaneity yeah Mm. Great. Um Jennifer asks, where is your favourite place to read? Any unnecessary accoutrement?
1: Oh very good fancy there. Yeah, um favourite place to read definitely um well, depending on the time of year. So in the wintertime I love to read um in my armchair with my feet up, with my blanket and um uh-huh. normally a cup of tea and some kind of snack. Um normally involving biscuits. And then obviously and then in the summertime, I love to read outside and I particularly love to read um, in my sister's garden because it's a very peaceful place when my nephews aren't there. Um, and it's backs onto fields and it's just really nice. And I love that she's got a hammock uh, that's strung up between two trees and I love to lie in there and read.
0: Oh, that does sound lovely. Yeah. Um, I think I miss, yes, might pick seasons as well. In the summer, I love to go to a National Trust property and oh, sit yeah. in, in a corner and pretend that the whole house is mine and then I'm just sitting in the garden <laughs> and, and that all the tourists walking around aren't there. Um, and in winter, I love to read in bed, but not particularly in the evenings. If it's a weekend, and I, I'll get up, have a shower, brush my teeth, make a cup of tea and then go back to bed with a book. Oh, really? That's lovely.
1: I oh. can't do that. It makes me feel really lazy.
0: I mean, it is really lazy, but that's what I like doing. <laughs> I like being lazy. <laughs> I think... Cause I, yeah, I don't like just getting up and doing it. I need to have a cup of tea and everything. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just... just it's a lie, I think. I'm not going to go to sleep if I'm just enjoying a la- lazy morning in bed with a book. Love
1: it. Definitely.
0: Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Because I'm supposed to be painting my parents'
1: house. <laughs> oh, <isn't it>? goodness. <laughs> let see. <laughs> don't think that would go down
0: well. Um, I can't think of any tomorrow other than <clears> a <throat> cup of tea that I need. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, you know, all you need is your book, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, plenty of questions for imagination. Day. Oh, how beautiful! <laughs> mm.
1: Okay, so Karen asks again: What book could you buy? I presume would you buy for a maiden aunt?
0: Ooh, that's an interesting question. I
1: thought you'd have an immediate answer for. Well, I've
0: got too many, basically. <laughs> if if I'm looking for one that shows sort of. The fanciful life a maiden aunt could lead, then I'm going to go for, um.
1: Miss Hargrave's married
0: Well, I was trying to be good and avoid Miss Hargrave. <laughs> <laughs> I've not mentioned it yet. <laughs> um, that, and also that might be for a maiden great aunt. I <laughs> I'm going to go for Aunt Mame by Patrick Dennis.
1: Oh, I've never read it. I've got it, but I've never read it.
0: Yeah, it's I I can't remember who recommended it to me. I think it might have been Teresa at Self Love. But, um, it's, it's sort of, um, She's not a maiden aunt in the, in the stereotypical, sense. you might be thinking she's very extravagant and dresses in elaborate costumes and wildly over the top, but also very progressive and um lots of anti-racism things in the book, which is nice. So, yeah, she's just sort of showing that maiden aunts can still be modern and alive and contemporary and exciting and funny. So, yeah. How about you?
1: I would go for any Barbara Pym book. <clears throat> because I think they're so witty and funny and they're often about women who are single um, and at a later stage in their life um, <coughs> well in terms of when she was writing sort of late 30s early 40s and they are just so wonderfully realistic about life but in such a positive way like there's such a real sense of the joy of life and the ridiculousness of life as well about them which I think made an art that enjoy yeah, very nice. Yeah. Okay, Over
0: you're
1: next. You. No, it's me, it's me next. Oh,
0: so you're well. quite right, I beg your pardon. Yeah.
1: Goodness
0: me. Yeah, I know, I'm getting it all out of sync. Um, even though I've colour-coordinated our questions. <laughs> <components.
1: laughs> for, my, for my sake. I hope yeah, apparently I for my sake. needs
0: it. <laughs> Karen asks, which, um, which books have you hated? Brackets, but could not abandon. Close brackets. The children,
1: should,
0: oh, sorry.
1: The children's book. But ah. I,
0: I, so why couldn't you abandon it?
1: Because my best friend got it for me for my birthday and I felt like I had to read it to the end. And also, I love Possession so much, I kept thinking maybe it'll get better and I just never did.
0: Aww. Well, for me, she did actually suggest in the email um, Captain Mantle Mandalorian, which you know, I did, is one that I could not abandon because I was doing it for A-level and hated it. <laughs> but um, the one I'm going to pick is The Sea of the Sea by Iris Murdoch. Oh. Um, which I had to read for my book club. Um, and I started off really enjoying. Um, I thought, I've cracked Iris because it was the second one I tried. I tried the same and I didn't particularly like that. Um, and I thought I was going to really love it, and then it just got incredibly mad, and in, in such a way that I w- it was just frustrating. And it was, I thought, far too long, and didn't make any sense. And I couldn't work out whether it was an unreliable narrator, or if... She was losing her faculties by then, or I don't know what was going on, but it was an extremely annoying book. But I had to plough onto the of for Book Club.
1: Simon, what a hero.
0: Thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Amazing.
0: Your word, not mine. But yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK, this next one's probably more for you as well. So Wim asks, which books about reading would you recommend to someone who's really excited to read A True Year of Reading? And let me tell you this, Wim, don't bother with How Ascent is on the Landing, because <laughs> that is not a book about A Year of Reading.
0: <laughs> well, Wim didn't mention that book in the email, but I did wonder if it was perhaps in response to that. Um, a Year of Reading is um, does narrow it down a bit, and I think I would recommend... Hmm, See so two books by Phyllis Rose that I've mentioned before, probably, which I both of which I really enjoyed. So one is the shelf, where she reads everything on a certain book in the New York, I think it is library, Um every book on a particular shelf. That's that she, interesting. She, it's really good. So she she picks the shelf's not quite picked at random because she wants to make sure it's not just all the same author. Right.
1: Um,
0: and I can't remember what what particular shelf it was um, the only book I can remember being on it right now is um, The Phantom of the Opera and I can't remember who wrote it <laughs> um, oh
1: I know who wrote it It's um, French Le Fanu, isn't it no
0: not Le Fanu, but no. something like that
1: Gust- it's Gustave something
0: yes perfect there
1: is <laughs> so,
0: so yeah and it sort of it goes off on tangents about um, she goes to meet some of the authors on the shelf she and then it leads her to other things and there's one book which is a Russian book that she ends up reading in three different translations. Sure. <laughs> um, but really interesting. I really loved that. And she also wrote a book called My Year of Reading Proust, um, which, or The Year of Reading Proust, um, which is about deciding to read a little tompidou in a year um, and ends up actually more being about her life, I guess. Um, there's not that much about Proust in it. So that's why I hesitate slightly to mention that, William, in case that doesn't quite fit your true year of reading. But if you get both those books, one's got enough about reading, one's got enough about the year part, <laughs> <but> together, <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> um, yeah. and put together, perfect. How about you? Where would you say, Rachel? I don't
1: mean, I, I don't I didn't have any recommendations. I've never read a book that satisfied those requirements. I thought that Howard's End of, is on the Landing would, would do that, but it didn't.
0: It didn't. Mm. Same. Yeah. Well, Arpita asks, if you could each pick one desert island book each, what would it be and why? And I should say that Booker Talk also asked the same question. Uh, David put in the Excluding the Bible and Shakespeare. And there's someone, I think maybe Karen, um, asked us to pick 10. I thought that might be too many. So we yes. <laughs> just go for one um, that isn't the Bible or Shakespeare. What would you pick?
1: Probably for me, it would be a Jane Austen I'd probably go for Emma. Okay. Mm.
0: Uh, and why have you picked that one?
1: Because it's endlessly funny and entertaining and I love all the characters and I pick up something new every time I read it. So i would never tire of it.
0: Lovely. Um, I'm going to pick, and it's you know, and yeah, going to come up many times, I'm sure, but not Miss Hargrave's actually. Um, the Provincial Lady. You notice how I sneakily say The Provincial Lady so I can get my four in one? <laughs> <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> If I had to pick one of the series, I would pick the Provincial Lady Goes Further, which is the second one. Um which is my favourite of the series, possibly because it's the one where she talks about being a writer the most as well, which is fun. Yes. Um and I bet that because yeah, it's always funny. I, I it's one of the few books that I have read more than sort of, you know, probably I've read about ten times, I guess, and I don't reread very often. Um and I think on my desert island I would enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Okay, you're next.
0: No, I'm not. You're this oh. time.
1: <laughs> Hi. Oh, yes, 18. I'm sorry. I didn't see that one. Um, if you had to choose just one author to be for the rest of your life, could you do that? And who would it be?
0: That's a question from Karen.
1: Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, well, what do you think about that, Simon?
0: Um, I... It seems a bit of a cop out after the previous question. I'm tempted to go for E.M. Delafield just because, A, I love the French Lady books, but also because she's quite varied in her writing. So there's some serious books and there's some funny books and there's non fiction. She wrote about Victorian fiction. She wrote about the Bronte's um, in another book. So I think there's enough variety if I pick E.M. Delafield that I would um, have plenty to get on with the rest of my life. Um, I mean, when she says, could you do that? I mean, I wouldn't choose to, for sure, but... Um, if someone's holding a it,
1: gun yes. to your head, then... If, you know,
0: if needs must, then um, then I think it would be M Delafield.
1: Okay. Plus, she's also
0: very prolific, so there's lots of variety.
1: That's true. You have got a lot of choice with her.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, hmm. You see, I mean, this is going to sound really boring, but, I mean, I would have to say Jane Austen.
0: Really? Because there's, mean- not, there's not many...
1: I know, but I just love all of them so much, and the thing is, what I would do is I would read each of them, and then I could read them all again, and I'd find new stuff, and then I'd find connections between them, and I'd just be having a great time. And it would just be like hanging out with like my best friends for the rest of my life. Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
0: You sound like you want to do it
1: i can't just... do that like, the time. Just, and it would take well, a lot of pressure off actually wouldn't it just thinking well no sorry, i can't actually read anything else so
0: it'd <laughs> be hard to explain for your in your phd application. Yeah. <laughs> like fyi i can only read books Pretty nice our to complete this <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh farid or farid sorry i'm not sure um asks mary wesley thoughts
1: Absolutely none, never read anything by her.
0: No, neither have I. <laughs> but but Sorry, I have no. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I have seen the TV adaptation of The Camomile Lawn.
1: Oh. Which, I, um... I have meant to, to read The Camomile Lawn for a long time and just haven't got around. Um,
0: well, I enjoyed the TV version, mostly because I had Felicity Kendall, Paul Ellington and Jennifer Ely. What a dream.
1: I mean, you can't go wrong. You what can't. What a combination.
0: Um, and, you know, I'm sure I'll enjoy her books at some point.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: That, I'm afraid um, that's all we've got to say about Mary Wesley. But, yeah, yeah, I'm very
1: sorry, nothing else um, to add. <laughs> but if, um, if, if you're a fan
0: for let us know.
1: Oh, yes, and if there's anything in particular we should read. Um, Izzy asks, have you read Tristan Shandy, Tom Jones, Joseph Andrews and Humphrey Clinker?
0: No, yeah. to all of the above.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: And isn't that same
1: form. Um, I've read Tom Jones and Joseph Andrews. Um, I haven't read Tristan Shandy or Humphrey Clinker, and I wouldn't recommend uh, reading Tom Jones or anything by Joseph Andrews, largely because they're incredibly long books where nothing. By Joseph
0: happens. Andrews.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Joseph Andrews is the author.
0: Uh, isn't that a book by Henry Fielding?
1: I don't know. <laughs> in which I mean, get very confused with, with 18th century literature. This was like the first thing I did when I was at university, which was, you know, 13 years ago now. Um, yes, no, you're right. Joseph Andrews is a book. I'm, who am I thinking of? There's someone else who's... Maybe I'm thinking know. of Samuel Fielding. Um, yes, no, I have. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if who's, I have Who's Samuel this.
0: Fielding?
1: I don't know. Henry Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> what it's all going wrong. I'm very This excited. is what happens
0: when we don't do 20th century literature. <laughs> it, all know, it all goes wrong. It
1: all goes wrong. So, yes, I, I think I have read Joseph Andrews, actually. Um, I had to read, I did a course at university where we had to do all like, the awful early books and reading <laughs> Pamela in particular. Oh, gosh,
0: um, yeah. We talked about yeah. that like briefly last time, didn't we? Yeah, I
1: was like, I I think, seriously, come
0: now. I think Fielding potentially wrote Shamala. Did he? Yeah. So whoever... Yes, and I read bits of Shamala and that's the only thing i read by yeah. Henry Fielding, if indeed it was by him. <laughs>
1: Um, we don't know, basically, and we. Don't, I, no, I don't recommend. Um, I mean, for me, that I know for some people that era of literature, they absolutely love it. I had a lecturer who was like, you know, in love with Tristan Shandy and had read it a million times, but it's not for me, to be honest.
0: No, I think with my penchant for short books, <laughs> the 18th mm, century was exactly. never going to be my go-to. <laughs> but I like the I like the plays of the period; they're nice and short. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, this question is mine to read, but I think it's directed at me. <laughs> Karen asks Have you read any more Ignita Bruckner? Why not? <laughs> uh, I, think she, no. I think she knows that I have not read any more after Hotel Lac that we talked about on episode yeah. whatever it was.
1: No, I mean, I'm the same. I've only read Hotel Lac and I didn't love it. And I think for that reason, I haven't really felt compelled to read anything else.
0: Yeah, and Karen, I will do at some point, probably, maybe. I don't know.
1: Send <laughs> so me other things I want to read instead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Alicia asks, "What are your other hobbies besides reading?"
0: Well, bless you, Alicia, for thinking I have any, because <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know that I do. And <laughs> um, I now feel like when I, you ever see someone on a quiz show and they're asked sure what their hobbies are, and they go, they say things like talking to my friends <laughs> <like the> <laughs> socialising shopping yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I'm trying to think do I do I leave the house for anything that's not book related I mean I do like going to the cinema but seldom enough that I don't think it's really worth mentioning um, no I don't think I have any other hobbies to be honest how about you
1: well I have lots um, I go to the cinema right. most weeks I love watching films didn't
0: you went that often
1: ah. yeah because I get a free ticket free work so um oh, okay Yeah, and I often just really enjoy going to the cinema by myself. Um, So I try and see the latest releases and things. I enjoy that. Um, I love going to the theatre. I go quite often as well, normally once a month-ish. I mean, I live in London, so I feel like I ought to. I love playing the piano. I'm learning to play the piano. I go to lessons. I have a lesson once a week, so I really love that. Um, I also love singing. I used to be in a choir, but I'm not at the moment because I haven't got time. Um, But I sing all the time, just randomly. Mm. And... um, how what else do I do? That's work. plenty. Yeah, and, I'm doing, and I'm doing my <laughs> master's part-time, which is kind of a bit of a hobby because I don't need to do it, but I just love it.
0: Uh, oh. So I think the only one of those I can join in with is the theatre. I do do that quite a lot. I did used to play the piano quite a lot until I moved and don't have a piano anymore. So <laughs> that's over. Yeah. But um, yeah, everything else is just everything to do with books, book group, blogging, podcasting, <laughs> at least book-related things.
1: Books, books, books.
0: Um, but I'd you're like really good at set. books. And I, I put all my eggs in one basket.
1: <laughs> and if you love it, then why treat
0: it? Well, exactly. It's not like I want to do any sport or anything. No, heaven's um, no. <laughs> my, my 81-year-old neighbour asked if I wanted to play tennis with her. <laughs> and I thought, absolutely not. <laughs> no, but thank you no. for asking.
1: <laughs> well, the p- Simon, maybe she's friendly.
0: I'm very happy to go and chat with her. But no. I'm not. the best thing about being an adult is not having to do sport anymore
1: that is true the best part of being an adult is being able to say no and not give a reason
0: oh, i know yes yeah i want to go some friends who like do you want to go on a bike ride. it's like no. no i'd hate that and it was fine emily asks um, i listen to your podcast because i enjoy that you discuss classics and other backlisted books however i'm wondering if there are any recent new releases you've enjoyed
1: Uh, Many, Emily. Thank you for asking.
0: Um,
1: We're not entirely stuck in the past, are we, Simon? Not entirely. (laughs) No. Um, I have, actually, do you know what? I'm going to get up my list of books I've read this year because I don't like this implication that we don't read anything that hasn't been published (laughs) in the last 100 years because I do actually read a lot of books that are modern. I just don't necessarily blog about them all. So let's have a look. What have I read most recently that was, that was new? Um, so I've read The Sense of an Ending, which obviously I didn't like at all. Um, and I really enjoyed Idaho over the summer, which is a wonderful, um, book about the death of, um, somebody. I can't talk too much about it because the plot's really complicated. I don't want to ruin any of it, but it's like a, a mystery and it's quite dark, but also really beautifully written i really enjoyed that and i also really enjoyed a book um he's what was it called i'm just looking for here um that was written but recommended to me by my lovely friend ellen he lives in new york um and i I cannot remember what it was called. Um, <laughs> You've really but... seen
0: them, Rachel. You've really shown that you're an aficionado. Yeah, <laughs> I know
1: it's true, but I did blog about it at some point. I read it okay. in the summer. What is it called? Um, and it's basically about um, a man who is like um, he's uh, is, in, is set during Amer- in America. Do just after the revolutionary wars and it's in texas and it's about a man who goes to rescue a girl who's been taken away by native americans and it's really really good but i can't remember what it's called isn't that terrible and i can't find it on my list of books that i've read oh
0: that's not idaho then
1: no that's not idaho idaho is something different so those are both american books um that i really enjoyed um and i also really enjoyed elizabeth strout so i've read loads of stuff um and you enjoyed those as well didn't you i
0: did particularly my name is lucy barton Um, I will say that I don't read that many new releases I think there is only a couple authors where I will probably go and buy their new books if they come out which is Meredith Robinson um, who hasn't had one out for a little while or a fiction book out for a little while Um, and Helen O'Yemi I really like Um, although I did read her collection of short stories What is Not Yours, What is Not Yours which came out last year I think Um, and I didn't particularly like that so I'm hoping she comes out the novel again um, but I think the only book I've read this year that was written this year, the only novel I've read this year that was written this or published this year is The Runaway by Claire Wong, which I did really enjoy. Um, and the reason I bought and read it is because Claire is a friend of mine, but it is also very good. <laughs> um I it's
1: it's so. found my one oh, right. it's, it's called News of the World by Paulette Giles which is amazing and I also remember another book I read in the summer that I loved and it's coming out in paperback in February um, and it's Miss Boston and Miss Hargreaves by Rachel Malick which I really loved, it's set in um, wartime um, Britain and it's based on yes. a true story of the author's grandmother and it's really really good
0: which I'm keen to read and to force you to compare to Miss Hargraves <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: Um, oh no I asked that one it's your turn it's in yes
1: yes it's me now Simon Um, I just need to find the document again because I was (laughs) Um, so Karen asks don't know which Karen Um, do you think Amazon really is squeezing the life out of bookshops or is it a way to access the stock of more shops than you can conceivably visit what do you think about that
0: it's a good question because I think booksellers would tell us yes MD um, publishers would probably tell us yes because Amazon could afford to make publishers get a very low profit margin um, but maybe not Amazon but so much but online book selling certainly has met, helped access a lot of books that otherwise you wouldn't be able to find ABE books, I'm there all the time and that's owned by Amazon now I believe mm-hmm. I, think, I could be wrong about that but I feel like they're buying up everything, they certainly in the book depository now which used to be sort of independent rival mm. but um but yes, it means that we, we can just find these books that you, you want to read, rather than just hoping that you'll stumble across them in bookshops, which is, you know, it's always nicer if you find a book you really want in a, in a bookshop, just that you've walked into when you're browsing through, but it's mm. not a, not hugely reliable. Um, because I buy so few new books for myself, particularly, I think I probably buy maybe one or two new books a year for myself, um, as opposed to presents, that... It's probably not really a fair comparison for me because I'm not going to be buying new books in Waterstones or Blackwells or whatever that often anyway. But when I buy presents, I do try and buy them on the high street, um, and I'd like to do it in an independent new bookshop box, but it doesn't have any, so I can't.
1: It's a shame, isn't that it? so odd as well?
0: And yeah, there's, there is one that is um, called the Albion Beatnik that's half second hand and half new, and that is independent. So maybe I should go and order books there, and they could get them in for me.
1: Yes, that might be quite nice.
0: How about you? What do you think?
1: Um, Well, I think there's actually a bit of a backlash against it. I mean, certainly in London now, anyway, um, people are really starting to buy books in bookshops more and i have noticed that that bookshops are certainly the big brands like waterstones and foils and things like that they're making a real effort to to do really beautiful displays inside the shops and really encourage people to come in and browse and they do displays of independent presses and things like that Mm. um and i love going i mean i'm really fortunate in where i work so i work just behind Tottenham court road in bloomsbury so i'm really close to all the bookshops um but the bookshops on the central um so like foils and waterstones and all the bookshops in charing cross road so i go to the bookshops all the time and i do buy a lot of new books in bookshops i buy a lot of gifts in there i buy a lot of books um just for pleasure and a lot of the time i love to browse and look at books and that's the thing with amazon is you can't really do that you can't see oh yeah, what's the latest yeah. thing or what's connected to this or what do these people think is the latest book and i love going in to see what's what's just come out what people are interested in and often i will make impulse purchases while i'm in the, in the bookshop um And I do my best to buy if I want something new, um, unless there's a huge price difference, I will buy it in the bookshop. And I don't think I I think um, really people are sort of wanting to go back to to supporting local businesses now. So I think I think there's going to be a bit of a a change in people's shopping attitudes in the future.
0: Linda asks for one for you, Rachel, I loved reading the beginning of your book will you be finishing it soon? And I went, in fact, before Linda wrote this, I thought, oh, I, n- I never got around to reading the beginning of Rachel's book and I couldn't find it. Has it gone?
1: <laughs> yeah, I took it I took it down um, because I only wanted it on there for a little while. But yes, I mean, it's finished. I finished it ages ago. Um, And if anybody wants to read the whole thing, please do email me. I'll be happy to send it to you.
0: That's nice. What's your email address, Rachel, so they can do that?
1: Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. booksnob at uk, and it's booksnob without the extra S.
0: Ah, and i'd love to read it at some point um and i'm sorry that i failed to go and <laughs>
1: that's all right
0: read it on the side it was on my to-do list and then it had gone that's fine <laughs> but linda obviously did and linda enjoyed it too. oh well
1: yeah thank you linda i really appreciate that i'm glad somebody enjoyed reading it uh-huh. um so linda also asks you simon we know you recently got a new job can you tell us what you're doing now
0: Sure. Well, I'll, yes. So I've been there for nearly a year now, unbelievably. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and it's, um, I think I can say what the company is. It's Oxford Policy Management, which, um, is an international development agency. So we work with governments across Africa and Asia to reduce poverty through policy reform. Yeah. Um, and my job is in the communications team. So I mostly write about what we do. So I talk to people who are very good at whatever they're, doing with the governments but may not be so good at writing. Um and together we write leaflets or opinion pieces or all that sort of thing. So we work in any area that might reduce poverty from, you know, the obvious big hitters like health and education through to um finance and natural resources and nutrition and all sorts. Um yeah, so it's really interesting. It's very different from what I was doing before in terms of the uh, company when I was working for the dictionary but in terms of the actual job I'm doing it's quite similar. Um, it's still writing things
1: essentially. Sounds very interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah it is it is really interesting. Uh, it's a really, really nice place to work, really nice people and also an, an area about which I knew nothing before and quite often in, in discussions I have to um, you know, subtly try and work out through a conversation whether the country they're talking about is in Africa or Asia. Eventually, I get that <laughs> so, and when we're at city level—no idea at all. But hopefully, I will learn some some world geography, and it will come in handy in and out of work.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm sure it will do yes. for quizzing, perhaps.
0: Well, yes, indeed. Mm. Um, uh, all our meeting rooms are named after mountains or rivers, so occasionally in quizzes I've said, "Oh, I've heard of that, it's a meeting room, but, it, but so that's, <laughs> that's not that useful if they're asking you which country the Volta is in or something. The Volga. Volta.
1: Oh, the Volta.
0: Yeah, still don't know, but it's the first meeting room on the right when you come in. <laughs> so oh, yeah. you interesting. Um, Eduardo asks... Oh, and this is sort of already answered. Have you ever thought about writing a novel?
1: Yes, I have, Eduardo, and I have written... Well, I've written more than one, actually, Um, but the first one was rubbish. Um, The second one that I've I've finished, I'm quite pleased with, and at the moment I don't have any energy to write anymore. But I will do in the future, I'm sure, because I do like the process of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I have also thought of writing a novel. Indeed, I am very, very slowly writing one, but I've... I did, in fact, finish a novel when I was about sixteen, but um, I don't know if Death at Fernstone Lodge is, is ready for the <laughs> world. <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> yes, Eduardo, I, I I think I'd be very disappointed if I never finished writing a novel. But I I hope I will. I'm just not. I just whenever I sit down to write, I always think I'd rather be reading. <laughs>
1: it's, just, it's
0: very you hard have to have find a little time. discipline. Yeah, I'm not not very good at that. Yeah. Um, I think All My Discipline came out in writing my doctoral thesis. <laughs> that was the one well, thing I could finish. Well, that's an
1: impressive piece of work, anyway. It's sort
0: of like a novel, <laughs> only more footnotes.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I can't believe I'm signing myself up for the same thing, but there we are.
0: <laughs> oh, you'll love
1: it. I hope to. Um, so, Heather asks, how did the two of you meet? Which we've already just said. We've oh, already done this one,
0: haven't we? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, mm-hmm. I should, I've not ordered these questions well at all. But we met if, Yeah, I should maybe talk about how you... We didn't meet that many times after that before I suggested doing we podcast. We probably met maybe like four or five times, I guess.
1: Yeah, but I feel like we... like yeah. I feel like we knew each other pretty well. I don't yeah, know I why. So. Because, like, you stayed over at my flat, didn't you, once?
0: Oh, I did, didn't I? That was yeah. very nice of you. Yeah, so maybe we met a few more times. But yeah. Or maybe I was just like... There's a nice lady who let me stay at her house. I picked
1: you up for the night when you were in London. You did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I think you disappeared by the time I woke up in the morning as well.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> some of us had jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was a lazy student at the time. Yeah. Um, and we went to, yeah, we, we went to a few films together and, well, yeah. we film together and lots of various, you know, bloggy things. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emily asks what are some TV shows you like do you even watch TV
1: well I don't actually have a TV but I I watch TV on my laptop Um, so yes I I do watch TV quite a lot Um, I love I'm a real um, kind of lowbrow TV watcher I love (laughs) um, like MasterChef and The Apprentice and all those kind of programs where I like to laugh at people Um, (laughs) and I really enjoy um, period drama, so anything that's like an adaptation of a novel or anything like that. So, I'm loving The Crown at the moment on Netflix. I always also really love Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, I'll give most things a go, like, but if it's a series that looks interesting to me, but I don't, I don't, I probably I don't watch TV every night. I maybe watch about three or four hours of TV a week, so not very much. So, I pick and choose quite carefully.
0: Um, I always like it when people think, I, perhaps because I'm I like books that I may not watch TV because I watch so much television. Oh, no. <laughs> I spend many hours a week watching television, not least because I watch Neighbours in Emmerdale, which is already 11 episodes a week <laughs> just, <laughs> just of soaps. Um But because I watch soaps, it means I don't really have mental energy for other dramas. So the rest of what I tend to watch tends to be comedies. And I love American sitcoms. I watch lots of, those some some legally some less so but um brooklyn Nine. i love happy endings is my favorite sitcom but that's happy I got cancelled a while ago uh new girl unbreakable kimmy schmidt crazy ex-girlfriend i watch so much and then i love gogglebox <laughs> which is yeah i um, like gogglebox
1: as well.
0: it's trash but it's great so for people who haven't seen it, and I did, there is a version in America called Something Else and I can't remember what, but basically it's watching people watch TV. <laughs> um, Which is
1: way better than it sounds.
0: Yes, it sounds terrible, but it's the same people each time and you grow sort of fond of them or, you know, irate by them. And it's also very useful for when people say, have you seen such and such? And I say, no, but I have seen 10 minutes of it in Gogglebox because they will disperse the people with the program they're watching. and it, <laughs> it keeps you up to date with what's going on. But yeah, I, I do watch TV whenever I eat dinner um basically and then often last thing before i go to bed as well so many many hours a week (laughs) probably more than i read occasionally i do both at the same time but not very often (laughs)
1: there we are interesting um okay so wim asks which character and which book do you most look to or perhaps emulate and why and wim chooses molly in wives and daughters
0: and I think it's maybe a typo I put, and I think it's supposed to be maybe most look up to. Yes. Yes.
1: Sorry. So what would you pick, Simon?
0: Um, I think I will pick uh, John Ames from Gilead and oh. the, the Gilead series. Um, I certainly don't think I'm like him, but I would like to be. He's just such a good and nice man. And he's, he's one of those characters who's so noble and not annoying, but also which I find slightly more troubling, not at all funny. And I think I try to be funny in real life, And but the the people I most admire on the page aren't funny, like him and Joe Gargery and um, Atticus Finch, I guess, isn't particularly funny. All very noble, great men. Um, so is it possible to be very good and <laughs> enjoy laughing at people? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Or laughing with people, perhaps. But um, yeah, I'm going to go for John Ames. Uh, how about you?
1: Oh well, I probably would have picked quite similarly, but I won't pick the same one. um I think probably I would go for probably Dorothea in Middlemarch. I don't love Middlemarch as a book, but I think Dorothea is. She reminds me of myself in many ways, and but at the same time, I feel like she's a better person than me, so I would look <laughs> up to her.
0: And I should say one of the reasons I picked your names. Um, it's because there's very few Christians in literature who just started the book a Christian, end the book as Christian, <laughs> and it's just part of their life. It's, the book isn't about their faith, it's just yeah. they are people of faith, and I I like that.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful book.
0: Yeah. Um, Deb asks, which deceased author would you most like to meet and talk to, and which living author?
1: Jane Austen for dead, Sure. Um, obviously. And living author, Marilyn Robinson.
0: Uh, and what would you ask them both or say to them both?
1: Today, Austin, I would say, um, did you really write on this tiny table by this window? Um, <laughs> and, and is all the stuff that people say about you actually true? I'd love to know. Um, and I think for Marilyn Robinson, I would just love to know where she got her inspiration for John Ames from. Just, uh. is, is he a real person?
0: See, I have spoken to Marilyn yeah. Robertson, but sadly I didn't ask anything particularly intelligent. <laughs> or indeed anything at all, I just said how nice it had been to hear her speak. So, a waste of community there. That was. Um, for dead author, I might pick Enid Blyton oh. because because partly I want to thank her for inspiring me to love reading. Um, and partly I'd just like be interested to know what sort of person she actually was because you get these competing versions of having yes. actually you know, a terrible mother or something, and then others who suggest that Maybe it wasn't quite that black and white. So I'd like to just find out a bit more about her. Um, For living authors, I've actually met in inverted commas very briefly quite a lot of the living authors that I like. I've got books signed by them and just chatted to them very briefly. Mm. But someone I haven't ever spoken to, and I would quite like to, um, J.K. Rowling. Oh,
1: yes. She seems like a lovely person.
0: Yeah, I'd like to find out more about how she seems fairly unchanged by enormous mm-hmm. wealth and fame um and just again to say i like your books nice.
1: thanks very much
0: but the way you've divided up your houses is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> bravery is not that overpowering a trade <laughs> anyway <laughs> I, I say that as a clear ravenclaw <laughs> which house would you go into
1: no i'd probably be gryffindor to be honest Really? You know me. I always like to blaze my way through.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll be reading a book in Ravenclaw's common room and hearing your exploits through the internal owl system. While I'm
1: climbing up and down the towers and doing all sorts of (laughs) things I should be doing. Yes. Um, Okay, so Karen asks which out of print books would you recommend Stephanie or Dean Street Press to revisit?
0: Well, I have often suggestive things to Persephone um, so I'm going to actually you no know, I've never said this one but a book I'd love to see back in print is Patricia Brent's Spinster by Herbert Jenkins um, I can't remember if you read that one back yeah then. I started I,
1: reading yeah. it I didn't like it
0: I really because mm. it's, it's probably not one that I would be sure that you'd have liked but I loved it it's um, it's I think written in the 1920s and it's about a you know a spinster bracket she's 25 I think <laughs> <laughs> um, who he lives in a boarding house. I love boarding house novels. Um, and she makes up this fiance to, because the old ladies are getting on her nerves. Um, but then they follow her when she's supposedly going to meet this, this fiance. And so she alights on a stranger and gets him to pretend for a while. And, you know, naturally they fall in love. But it's, yeah. um, it's great fun, uh, and very silly. But, um, besides that, I think, to, um, Mr. Pym Passes By by A. Milne is a novel I really love. Again, quite funny, but also quite, um, interesting look at a marriage it's it's someone who um, discovers that they're in a bigamous marriage because the first their first husband who they thought was dead turns out to still be alive
1: oh how interesting
0: yeah and it's all about how um, the husband and wife in the bigamous marriage react differently to that and the implications um, that has on the wider family but it's also very funny oh. what would you choose I
1: think- probably go for the semi uh, detached house. I think it's it's a criminal that's out to print and um I think it's a really fun book that kind of changes your perceptions of what nineteen early nineteenth century literature is like and she's got a real Jane Austen y feel to her, but mixed with Anthony Trollope and I think she's got a really unique voice. I love her characters and it's really funny. I think it would be a lovely book to curl up with on a Sunday afternoon which it's always a good Persephone barometer, I feel.
0: <laughs> yes, good choice.
1: Yeah.
0: And I should say the Dean Street Press books are going to be on my pile to buy on January 1st when Project 24 is lifted because I have to be so strong not to just buy all of their <laughs> the books they've yeah. published this year. They've
1: got great ones.
0: Yeah, it's been a good year for them. Uh, Wim asks, what's the library thing like? How do you use it? And what are the pros and cons? You don't use everything, do you?
1: No, I go through phases of being really good about putting stuff on there. And then I'm, I give away books so often that I've i have lost track of what I have and I haven't got. When I eventually have my own flat and have all my books together, I will put all my books on there. Because I think it is actually really useful to have, especially when, when I don't usually forget what books I have. But sometimes I do think, hang on, have I still got that? I don't know whether I've given it away or not. Um, and it would be useful to have somewhere to look up. And So I will use it for that in future because I know that you use it quite a lot for that.
0: I do. So yeah, when you for um, the books you own on, this it's got you know Amazon and British Library and all sorts of other catalogues, and then click to add them to your library. And then it um, it's very like Goodreads, I believe, if you if you've used mm. that, which I don't really use. But um, it then means on the app on my phone, I can go into bookshop and say, oh, actually, I do already own this because I do often forget which books I've got particularly if it's an author who's very prolific and I know I've got half their books.
1: Or yeah, something. I, I'm, I sometimes don't know which ones I have and which I don't have. So it's good um, for that, I think.
0: Definitely. And there's also lots of discussion groups and things. And I'm in the mm. Varago Morning Classics discussion group, which I'm, I'm not very good at um, remembering to write in, but we do a lovely secret centre. Um, and so I've got four parcels under my tree waiting to be opened sure. from my, li- my Virago Morning Classics library thing secret centre um, and sent off four to the person I was buying for um and it's i find everything through that sorry secret Santa through that really good not just because we've got similar tastes but also because it's a great way to immediately search and see whether or not the person you're buying for already has the book you're going to get for them yes
1: um, it's useful
0: having received in the in the past books for secret Santa that i have already read it's very valuable for that and i've had really great things from um from people um and sort of been squealing with excitement as I open it in front of my nonplussed family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. So, asks, throughout your time reading books, are there any meals or moments around food in novels that stand out strongly for you? Uh, I can't think of any examples.
0: Um, there was a lovely lady in my book group who sadly died this year called Caroline, who would... Basically, every book, she would comment on whether or not they ate in it, because she was always very frustrated um, if people went through... A busy, active day in a book, but never stopped to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, basically, whenever I see books described, sorry, food described in a book, I always uh, think of her. And the, um, well, I mean, I hated the sea, of the sea, as aforementioned, but there were some very, very distinctive meals in it. There's lots of, um, supposedly funny recipes. That I couldn't see why they were funny. Um, oh, other than that, of course, there's, um, or the midnight feast in, in a blighter. Yeah, I was going to say that. Out. That's what
1: stands out most to yeah. me is the picnics and the the feed in in those. But I can't think of any in in a adult book. I think people often skip over the feed, don't they, in books?
0: Yeah, um, I remember um, I read John Lancaster. Lancaster. Um, I can't remember now. Remember the name of the book? That's a shame. I'll put it in the notes. But um, <laughs> it was all about. I think he was a cookery writer. And he, uh, he basically talked a lot about the type of the foods he was he, eating that, and that's you know it's all about food so um <laughs> couldn't miss it in that one indeed the gourmet by muriel Barbary i also read which is mostly about trying to find the perfect meal um but i think b- being vegetarian i find it quite unpleasant to read about uh, killing and cooking animals um and it's fairly rare to find a book that describes meals that were entirely vegetarian. Yes, <laughs> so, that's true. I t- yeah, I skim over, <laughs> the- particularly if you know, going into greater detail about plucking or hacking or-, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, Karen asks Does a madly enthusiastic recommendation put you off reading a book?
1: No, not at all. Well, that's I- nice. I'd be quite excited to read something that someone was really excited about
0: yeah i think i agree i think if it's someone who's very enthusiastic and i don't share their taste then it might just be an awkward sort of yes oh great yeah let me know later it's a bit embarrassing if someone is enthusiastic and then says oh i'll lend it to you and i think i definitely don't want to read it but i guess i have to borrow it now (laughs) but um but if it's someone who shares my taste or if it was you or or so on um then yeah it would just make me excited to try it i might not read it immediately but it certainly wouldn't put me off reading it no um if it was one that you know all the mainstream press or something or was raving about, then I might think, oh, I don't know. That's yeah, and that's
1: that's different. If it's if it's all the latest thing that everyone's talking about, I normally leave it for a while because I think oh, it's all just publishing, you know, promotion stuff. It's not real.
0: But it does sound from the way Karen asked it that maybe it does put her off. So I'd be intrigued oh, to yes. hear
1: why, um, Karen. Why?
0: why? Yeah. Should we be more tempered when we're saying that you should read books?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah um and final question Final. cassia asks do you ever fear that you spend too much time reading about the books you want to read instead of just reading the books you want to read if so why do you reckon you do that uh asking for a friend cassia you spend (laughs) too much time reading blogs
0: yeah stop that please don't stop it
1: (laughs) we do value you reading
0: us yes um it's a good question i tend to find that i spend too much time doing anything else except reading whenever i think at the end of a year and i'm counting the books i've read i said oh i should have read a book instead of browsing Facebook or something. Um, but I I think if I didn't spend the amount of time reading about books that I do, which tends just to be blogs, I don't read about them in many other places, then I wouldn't get all the ideas I have. So I think it's worth the payoff um, for all the different recommendations and suggestions I see. And even, I'm much better at buying books that people recommend than I am actually reading. But, but, <laughs> but they're on my shelves now, and eventually, years later, I'm likely to read them and think, oh yes, yeah, so-and-so recommended that, and they were right. But um, I don't know, I just think reading about books and being part of a bookish discussion, whether that's podcasts or blogs or or with friends or a book group, is all just a lovely um, sort of periphery to the actual reading act that just enhances it and makes the whole life of a reader more interesting.
1: I agree entirely. I can have said it better myself, I think. Aww. I mean, I don't read an awful lot of blogs because I don't have a lot of time um you know in life in general at the moment so I I kind of know the blogs I like to read and I I tend to just to read those but I love reading reviews and newspapers and reading around things and I think my reading tastes have broadened massively since I started being part of online communities of book readers because I don't come across that many people who are super passionate about books in my everyday life so it's quite hard to to kind of challenge yourself and read stuff outside of your little niche of books you like unless you are involved in online discussions really and i certainly find that my reading is much enriched by looking at what other people are reading and what people are talking about and what people are recommending and most of the books that i read on on a yearly basis are books that i've read because somebody i've read somewhere um somebody i trust has said something good about them so Hmm. i wouldn't be without it ah lovely
0: great thank that was fun
1: yeah it was really fun
0: thanks for your questions, everyone. We'll probably do it again for episode hundred, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, I'm sorry if we didn't manage to get to your particular question, but hopefully we did manage to answer, um, every question that was asked. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Every, every person who asked the question, that's right. At least yes. one question by each person. Um, in the next episode, which will be the first episode of the new year, yes. um, we have each chosen a book that we think the other person will, will love, but has not read. Mm. Um, I chose The Boat by L.P. Hartley because I think Rachel will love it and she thinks that I will love Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner, is that right? That's right, yeah. Uh, which I shall buy as soon as the New Year starts and I can buy books again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but for now, um, depending on when this is live, I hope you've either just had or just about to have or at some point will or have had a <laughs> lovely Christmas <laughs> um, and that you get lots of nice presents of books under the Christmas tree. Yeah.
1: I wish you the same. Thank you so much for listening and for your enthusiasm.
0: Yes. Um, see you in
1: 2018. Yeah. Oh, goodness.
0: Bye. <laughs> Bye.